Um, what sparked this first episode back for me was that I was having a conversation with my friend the other day about fitness stuff, um, thermic effect of food, metabolism, all that stuff came, came up in the conversation because my friend, she's very much into the fitness scene, she's a bodybuilder, all that good stuff. And when, I, when we talked about protein and TEF, stands for thermic effect of food, she asked me and she was like, what does that mean? And I was like, it took me, it kind of took me by surprise for a second. And I asked her, what do you mean? What, what it means? Do you not know what this means? And I said that not from the position of judgment or anything negative, but more so curious of like, wait, you don't know what this means. And then I asked myself that question of like, wait, most people don't know what this means. This isn't common knowledge. And I'm like, Calvin, you went to school for many years and you train and you're around fitness people all the time and sciencey people. And this information isn't common knowledge. It's common knowledge within my circle, and but it's not for like most people. And then kind of pulling it back even more, I realized that I spent so many years and so much money and time and energy to learn these type of things. And I've just picked it up along the way. And sometimes I forget that this isn't common knowledge. So I figured this would be a perfect episode to kind of um, kick the show back off this year. So the topic today is going to be talking about metabolism, but specifically TDEE. And what that stands for is total daily energy expenditure. So this is a great model for you to conceptualize metabolism in, and it's four subcomponents of your BMR, basal metabolic rate, or RMR. Um, resting metabolic rate, on top of that is your NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. On top of that is going to be your EAT, exercise activity thermogenesis, and on top of that one, last one is going to be your TEF, thermic effect of food. So all the acronyms in this one. So we're going to go right into of what does each of those mean, why it matters, and then how you can leverage this information to either optimize your health, performance, or physique, like that I would do for myself or with uh, my clients. So let's go into it. Yeah. All right, so starting at the base of it, your basal, me basal metabolic rate. I'm sure this is a term that many of us have heard at one point or another. Um, it's also, the other term is RMR, resting metabolic rate. Essentially, on the research side of things in the literature, there's a little bit of a difference between RMR and BMR, but for user purposes, there's just take it as your metabolic rate. So when you think of your metabolic rate, I want you to think of the amount of calories, the amount of energy, that you need to keep the lights on, right? To keep your organs functioning, keep your brain on and functioning, and basically keeping all the lights on, survival on the inside. So if you were to just sit there on the couch, do nothing at all, and just exist, you need to use energy to exist. Like a car doesn't just go, like when you turn a car on, the car can just sit there using gas and it's using energy to just stay there, stay idle, just like you. So this is just the bare, um, bare minimum amount of energy, calories to keep the lights on. Now anything above that, now these are where we're gonna dive into these other subtopics, subcomponents I mean. So on top of that is gonna be your NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. I want you to think of this as all the, it's like a two sides of the coin type of deal. So on one side of the unconscious side of things is your movement that you do that is involuntary. Like for me right now, I talk with my hands. It's a way that makes sense to me and helps me public speak. And I like to just use my hands when I talk. Or when you are on the phone and 
you are you start pacing. It's not like you're trying to, you just do it. And you just like, or when you're sitting in your chair, you're uh, shaking your legs. That's just those unconscious fidgeting movements that you do that every action is causing you to use energy using calories. And then on the more voluntary side of the coin is going to be you doing your normal daily stuff, right? Daily stuff at home of like doing laundry, cooking, cleaning, going to the grocery store, doing physical activity outside, going for a walk, etc. That is more of the voluntary side of the coin of non-exercise activities. So going on to the next one is going to be your EAT exercise activity thermogenesis. So this is gonna be the component where it's more intentional exercise. The things that you do in training, in the gym, on the court, on the field, etc. So this is all the intentional, purposeful exercise. That is the, that's where you draw the line of the sand here between your NEAT and your EAT, um, is that one side of the stuff is not intentional, the other side is intentional. Obviously, the kind of the walking, some of those voluntary movements can blur the line a little bit. And in the research side of things, they're kind of, they're trying to um, draw a harder line between that gap, but we're not gonna get into that super nitty gritty details. We're just gonna stay from a bird's eye view so that you can understand this and leverage this a lot more. But, so the intentional exercise, that goes in that column. And then the TEF, like I talked about at the very beginning, circling back here, thermic effect of food. So when we eat food, obviously our body has to produce work to take it apart, use it, and then store it, all that good stuff. So our body has to, excuse me, use energy to break that apart. When it comes to the macronutrient like protein, protein is gonna have a higher TEF compared to um, carbs and fats, right? So our body has to work a little bit harder to metabolize that protein um, of the three macronutrients. Same for um, fiber. So fiber isn't really considered a macronutrient, but it's a really big component of your diet as well. And uh, just does different things, but our body has to, uh, it has a higher TF for fiber as well. So protein, fiber, higher TF compared to uh, carbs and fats, right? So now that I have just defined these subcomponents of total daily energy expenditure, let's go into how you kind of break these up, right? So your metabolic rate um, accounts for about 60 to 70% of your total daily energy expenditure. This is very uh, static. So there's not really much that you can do from a day-to-day basis to modulate it um, either up or down. And so for males, for example, to give you some hard numbers, males metabolic rate is typically around six, uh, not sorry, 1,700 to 1,800 calories, give or take. There's variability in that, but that's roughly the bubble range of a male, like an adult male's metabolic rate. And it's pretty stacked. It's pretty, um, but that's a good bubble range, um, depending even regardless of your age and your size as well, and height and all that stuff. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty good bubble range for males. Metabolic rate is pretty static. Females is anywhere between that 1,400 to 1,500 calories a day for their metabolic rate. So now moving on to uh, back to TEF, eat. So that is going to count for anywhere between 8 to 15 percent. So that there's some wiggle room of how you can modulate that a little bit, um, getting more protein in, getting more fiber in, but that is pretty static there as well. The other ones 
excuse me, I'm trying not to burp into the, the mic. I had an energy drink before, before this and, woo, sorry. But anyways, um, where am I at? Neat, so non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is the biggest one that you can modify. Um, it can account for anywhere between 15 to 50% uh, of your TDEE, right? So obviously on one side of this, of this uh, spectrum of that 15 is if you are uh, way, less, way less active, more sedentary, um, your, your needs is gonna be 15% just because you're not moving much because like, like I said, you're sedentary, so you're not moving very much. But if you are a very highly active individual throughout the day and outside of your actual intentional purposeful exercise, it can account up to 50%. And now into segue into the actual intentional exercise, that can range from 15% up to 30%. So again, big wiggle room between that. But if you were to look at all this from a face value between the four different subcomponents, your metabolic rate can't really move that too much your TEF a little bit by leveraging more of um, a higher protein diet, higher fat, not, not fat, higher fiber diet. Sorry about that. But the really big modifiers are gonna be your intentional exercise and your non-intentional exercise. But the non-intentional one is a really big lever to pull. So how I would leverage this information for myself or for clients is depending on, obviously dependent on your goals and etc. But your metabolic rate, that's pretty stagnant, right? Females anywhere between 1400 to 1500 calories a day and 1700 to 1800 for males. So starting from there, <clears throat> excuse me. So starting from there, I see a lot of people, a lot of uh, just males and females, they're trying to eat 1200 calories a day or 1500 calories a day. And it's like, okay, great, you're gonna be losing a lot of weight, but that's not healthy for you, and that's not good for your body, because if you were to look at it, you are way more than just your metabolic rate, right? That only counts for just a fraction of the entire picture. And if you're eating below that, you're gonna be asking for bad news. A lot of things are gonna start down-regulating, and you're gonna run into some issues there, health-wise. So obviously, you need to know that there's gonna be a like a baseline level of like, hey, you should probably not eat below these this much calories because it's not gonna be good for your health. But of course, if you are in a weight class sports and different special considerations, there are periods of time where you do have to go to the extreme uh, for weight cutting purposes, but those, the time constraint for those, are the, the window are very small, like a week or two, things like that, because health is not a priority in those contexts. It's more so optimizing um, whatever you're trying to optimize to make weight. So obviously getting into those super extreme, dangerous hypocaloric conditions are for those special considerations, but for people to, be, for people to know, it's like, hey, females, you should probably not eat super low calories like that, under 1500, because it's probably not good for you you're gonna run into some issues there and same for males that's for the long term it's not gonna be very good for you so that's one way for you to kind of look at that and understand like wow okay good to know because you are so much more than just the calories that you need to exist all right so now we go up to um, TEF so how would I leverage this like I said I would have a higher protein diet have a higher fiber diet and then wherever carbs and fat fall into place let them fall into place depending on your goals and et cetera. But I would leverage those two 
um, proteins and fiber to really kind of ramp that component up. So super helpful there. And with those two, it would also help suppress hunger hormones, um, your hunger levels, especially if you're in a hypocaloric um, diet, so caloric deficit. Now, when it comes to um, the exercise portion, uh, your intentional exercise, since that accounts for anywhere between 15 to 30%, obviously you can leverage that with training, um, however long you wanna train for, 30 minutes, an hour, uh, two hours, whatever. But most training sessions, even from looking at it from anywhere from like um, tr uh, resistance training, aerobic training, hit training, to like um, like fighting sports, like uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, different like martial, or martial arts style of training, generally you're gonna be really exerting about anywhere between like 100 to like five, 600 calories really. So on your watches that tells you that you're expending anywhere between 1,000 to 1,500 calories, it's extremely inaccurate. It's like they're way overestimating anything. So yeah, you can kind of think of it that way. It's like, okay, this is how much here, but you only have so much time in the day to actually train. So it's like, okay, I, so we know that we can't pull too much of the lever on the metabolic rate, because that's pretty stagnant. TEF, we can pull some levers there when it comes to protein and fiber. And then we have exercise that so we can pull that lever um, when it comes to training. But you can only train for so long, um, for so long because we're all busy and not everyone is a professional athlete where you are being paid to train all day long. So you may have an hour, you may have two hours or something like that. So it's like, okay, how else can we pull these levers? Um, now we have NEAT. That's the, um, that's the um, movement you do throughout the day that is not intentional exercise, right? So with this one, um, let's see, uh, yeah, sorry, had a brain fart there, but you can like obviously walk more, right? So if, say at home, if you are working from home, um, like you have a standing desk or you have a normal desk, you can optimize your work from home station. You can get one of those risers that goes on top of your desk to raise up your computer, or you can also get those walking treadmills that I, um, that you can find on Amazon, put on your desk, and you can walk on one of those things and get your steps in while you're working at the same time. I have it, it's amazing. I can get in like 10,000 steps or something like that by the end of a work day, and I'm not even trying. Knocking two birds out with one stone. It's brilliant. So walking like that or just like parking further when you go to places, taking the stairs, etc. just getting more walking in or just more movement you do with your hands or just like pacing and or just doing more things, right? Going out for walks, hanging out with people, just that more of those movement is really good instead of just like sitting at home, doing nothing, or just feel like you have to do endless, endless hours of high intensity cardio or anything like that. Because all this movement, all the neat stuff, it's not going to fatigue you much because it's so low, but it's high enough to kind of jump into that bucket and really play a big difference in pulling that lever and you can do it throughout, and you do it throughout the day, right? Because like if you intensely train for an hour and then you're kind of beat, then yeah, because you can't train at that intensity all day long. But when it comes to neat, you're just, you're not sitting, but you're just like heart rate, it's elevated enough for you to do that sustainably throughout the day and it's not super taxing on you, which is awesome. So those are the kind of different ways that you can kind of leverage your, um, different components of your total daily energy expenditure so you can understand a little bit better. And yeah, so I hope that was super, I hope that was helpful for you guys. If you guys have any questions at all, please send me a message. I can clarify a little more. And yeah, so, wow, we did it.
So that was first episode back and a little rusty there, a little nervous, but got the information out. I know I was a little scatterbrained there for a minute, jumping across the board. Um, but first episode back, we did it. There will be more again, and we're gonna keep running through this and super gonna be a good year. We're episodes back and we're doing it. Cool. Um, any remarks, uh, please rate, subscribe, share this on your story, tag me in it so other people can see it. And yeah, hope everyone has a good one and catch you in the next episode.